Mida on our list. The next Kinyan is called Eino Sameach Behora'a. We alluded to this at the end of uh, the previous year because it came, uh, it, it comes on the heels of those uh, two uh, Kinyanim, which also seem to be similar, which we spoke about in our previous year, which seem to relate to a certain type of humility. And this uh, new and third final of this triplet of Kinyanim uh, adds a slightly different dimension to that overall theme which we began in the previous year. So what does this mean exactly? Eino Sameach Behora'ah. So many, many Mepharshim, uh, starting with the Machzor Vitri, explain that this is not just an issue of ge- general humility, uh, but specifically humility, even reticence or fear, when it comes specifically to Hora'ah, to Psak, Psikar Halacha. So for example, the Machzor Vitri says that this really is a combination of these two Midot, not to be arrogant, not to be magus libo, as we spoke about last time, but not to be arrogant specifically, not to be magus libo specifically, in the sense of being happy, quick, overconfident, to paskin. Instead, rather, a person should be more reticent, more fearful, because of the possibility of making a mistake when they're making a halachic ruling. Similarly, Tiferes Yisrael here on our Brisa says you should not be happy or excited by the responsibility, but after all, you should realize that perhaps you're unworthy and might make a mistake. Furthermore, the, <coughs> excuse me, the Medrash Shmuel has a very strong take on this basic idea. And he says that, Anyone who's excited and happy to give a psak, that comes from arrogance. And it's an indication that the person is a fool, an idiot. Rather, he says, a judge must paskin, if he must, a person should truly feel, visualize, Gehenim, hell, open underneath his feet, so to speak. In other words, he should be overwhelmed with the fear of the disastrous results that might occur if he truly makes a mistake or perverts justice. And as a result, says a Medrash Shmuel, he shouldn't be paralyzed by his fear, but if he's forced to judge, he will be careful, prudent, and investigate carefully before making an actual ruling. The Maharal more or less accepts all of this, and then he just adds that an arrogant Dayan is a fool, as we just saw, and then he adds, connecting this to the Kinyan Torah, that obviously someone who is a shota, someone who is a fool, cannot expect to acquire or retain the wisdom of Torah. This point made by all of these various mafarshim here in our Brisa uh, is made clearly by Chazal, more generally, in a number of places. For example, the Gemara Sanhedrin, Dav Zayin Amadbet, tells us that whenever Rav would enter uh, the Beit Din, uh, he would say to himself that of his own free will, this man, meaning himself, of his own free will, this man is going to his death. Halavai, I return, I emerge from the court, is alive the way I left. And Rashi adds that what's being alluded to here, Rashi explains that just as I left, uh, excuse me, I enter, I left the, the court hopefully without sin, no erroneous judgment, let me return to my house safe without making any mistakes. Furthermore, the Gemara in Yevamos, Tafkuf Tet Amabet, tells us that the lesson is that a Dayan should always feel as if there is a sword uh, 
between Lolam Yira Dayanat Mokil Kherav Munachas Lo Bain Yire Chotav, so to speak, a sword dangling in between his thighs. Vigehenam Pitucha Lo Mitachtav, and Gehenam open beneath him, the source for the image that the Metra Shmuel previously quoted. A common thing on this Gemara in Yavamos, again, this idea of somehow being buffeted on both sides with the sword hanging above you and Gehenim open underneath you. Uh, the Me'iri there on that Gemara says, Hari chachamim ligorbo emas hora alav. Anyone who does not have this appropriate fear of psak of hora'ah, is uh, deserving of being cursed uh, by the Chachamim. Kilas Chachamim. Rather, someone should always be fearful of Psak. Uh, finally, the Medrash in Mishlei, Parsha Beis, says again this idea that a person should always feel like the sword is hanging uh, in fr- over him uh, and deal with things in Kovid Rosh. And it's this language as well as that Gemara, which is quoted actually in Shulchan Aruch. This is not just uh, allegorical or. Uh, metaphorical or musr, so to speak, but this is actually quoted all in Shulchan Aruch, Choshe Mishpat, Simen Chet, Se'iv Bet, Tzrichim Hadayanim Leishev Be'ema Uba Uba Atifa Uba Kovid Rosh. One has to truly, truly understand what you're getting yourself into, how serious, how high the stakes are, and then the Shulchan Aruch himself adds the idea of the Cherev and Gehenim. <clears throat> Despite this incredible fear that when we are what we are supposed to have, that we are supposed to have, that we should not be sameach, but on the contrary, very yarei fachad, etc. Eleshev be'ema of the din. Despite all that, there is a responsibility to paskin if you are capable. The Gemara in Sota Daf Chav and Aleph, based on Apostle Mishlei, condemns someone who paskins who's not qualified, who's not ready, but in the same breath also and equally condemns. Someone who does not paskin, someone who's truly capable, who is qualified, and yet does not exercise his responsibility. And this condemnation, again, is not just uh, allegorical or musr e, but quoted by the Shulchan Aruch and Choshen Mishpat, Simantes, Si'iv Gimel. There are a number of statements in the collections from the students of the Vilna Gon, in the Keserosh, in the Sheiltos, both of which quote that the Gra was asked about the responsibility of leadership, of paskining, and that the Grah was reputed to have repeatedly uh, said that it's a huge responsibility, and Perkyavos tells us not to be happy about it, but if you can do it, you must, and already his day he says it's easier than it used to be because we have certain svarim, like Shulchan Aruch Vinosei Kelav, who have organized the halacha for us. I'm reminded, uh, to conclude this thought, of a famous story that they say over... I, I, I may have heard it in the name of different gedolim. It might be one of those kinds of stories, but I believe I heard this, and I think it was originally with Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, perhaps, who had a student who was accepting a certain position, and he went to Rav Shlomo Zaman, and he says, I don't know if I can do it, I'm so scared to paskin, I might make a mistake. To which Rav Shlomo Zaman evidently responded, who should paskin? Someone who isn't scared? In other words, this is a certain... It's not a cliche or just uh, an act. It has to be genuine. But if one has the genuine fear, that ironically or paradoxically, that is the one who has to be the one who paskins. We want someone who has this fear. Someone who sameach b'hora'ah, as the Brisey here teaches us, certainly, certainly should not uh, go forward. 
And I know in my own life, when I was leaving uh, Yeshiva University Kolel to begin my first rabbinic position, I very much, uh, I don't know if I thought of this particular brisa or not, or some of these Gemaras, but certainly the message of the Gemaras uh, I was scared of. And I remember speaking to some of my rabbeim, including in specifically Mordechai Willig, and, you know, more or less, I can't remember if he quoted any of these sources or not, but more or less the message he conveyed to me was uh, this exact point, that uh, my fear was actually appropriate, but that, on the contrary, not only did I have to do it, but my fear was uh, one of the ingredients which hopefully would make me qualified to be able to do it. Uh, just to close out this uh, particular Mida, uh, there is an additional interpretation, a second interpretation, which is completely different than uh, everything we've seen until now. Um, until now, we've seen various points, both on the Brisa and more broadly in Chazal, about the fear of Psak versus the overconfidence when ruling in Paskening. But now I want to just mention a second, completely different idea, which is mentioned in the Medrash Shmuel, as he says, Gam Afshar, an additional dimension, another possible interpretation. That is an allusion to the fact that we should try to be uh, as from as possible, as medactic and mitzvahs as possible, but all of that should be done as privately as possible. The Eino Samech Behora'ah. What does that mean to be not happy in Hora'ah? Kolomar Lioto Mifarsem Um Ar'eh Avorato. That is to say, Hora'ah Milashon, people seeing or demonstrating what we did. Eino Samech Behora'ah. We shouldn't be happy if and when people find out about our tzidkus, about our genuine frumkite and accomplishments, etc. Rather, we should instead be trying to do them in the spirit of v'hatsnei lechet imelokecha. So, eno samech b'hora'ah, miloshon, don't be happy when people hora'ah, when people see, when it's mefursam, what you did. So that's a very nice and appropriate musr machshava idea. But certainly the predominant and the simplest understanding of the Midah is the one of humility, specifically with the dimension of uh, being scared, but willing to take responsibility if necessary, but nevertheless appropriately nervous uh, and fearful of the responsibility that comes with Psaq Halacha. Our second uh, Midah for the today here, uh, and the following one listed in the Memchet Kinyane Torah, is No Se Ba'ol Im Chavero. And as many Mepharshim, for example, the Medrash Shmuel here explains, and I guess you could say translates, which we would translate in English as empathy. is Chazal's expression for empathy. And this is a very, very important Midah, and as a result, a very, very big topic with many, many Mekorot, starting with Chazal and going through into until the Balei Musr. Um, I actually have a full hour shear that I've given about Nosei Ba'olim Chavero. Uh, so, obviously, Yoser Mashakan Hayom, more than I can share with you in the next 10-15 uh, minutes, there really is to say on the topic. But just to give you even a thumbnail sketch of this broad topic um, and see how it connects to Talmud Torah, so we'll try to do that in the next 10-15 minutes. So the um, again, as I mentioned, the Medrash Shmuel says this is empathy, and empathy is one of the Kinyane Torah. The Tiferesra Yisrael here uh, elaborates on that point. He says that we are obligated to identify with others. And it doesn't matter what, it's all-encompassing, whether the person has physical challenges, financial or virtual, says the Tiferesra Yisrael, we're always obligated to do whatever 
whether it's advice, our time to help or learn with the person, whatever is necessary to alleviate the burden, be it a spiritual or a physical matter. The uh, Bali speak a lot about this Mida, uh, one in particular, Rabbi Rucham, the famous Mashkiach, in his Sefer Da'as Chachma Umusar, he says that, that makes an interesting observation. He says that even though this is similar, this is actually not a subcategory or a derivative of Yahat Lerecha Kamocha, but actually, he says, not only a separate Mida, but perhaps something even greater. And he gives an example. Uh, he says, if I remember correctly, from his own life, that he once did Bikr Cholim of someone in a hospital, and the person uh, said to him, you know, Mashkiach, Rabbi Rucham, last night, when you were sleeping, how many times did you turn over in bed at various points in the night to get to that, you know, just right, that comfortable position? Um, and of course, Rabbi Rucham, honestly, a clue. So the chola who's in the hospital said, well, you know, I'm totally uh, incapacitated. I have to stay in exactly the position that I'm in. And even if I'm uncomfortable, even if something is itching or I need a scratch or something is uncomfortable, I can't move a bit uh, at night. I can't turn at all. I have to say exactly in what place. So said Yeruchim Lovavitz, he says, from this conversation I learned not only that I have probably never properly fulfilled Bikr Cholim, but I also learned what truly it means to be because he says, admittedly about himself, until this chole asked me that question, it had never even occurred to me to think about something as basic and as simple as that. But, says Rabbi Rucham, not only is that a requirement of Bikr Cholim, in his opinion, that's really the essence of which he realized that he was lacking in it. If Rabbi Rucham was lacking in it, then I am sure most of us are lacking as well. That is to say, if you truly empathize, if you put yourself in the other person's place, as the better Shmuel said, when a person is bitzar, you are mitzta'er bitzaro. You get yourself to feel the pain that that person is feeling. So then, says Yubrucham, something as basic even as can I turn over a head would be something I'd be sensitive to on my own because I empathize and I put myself in that person's place. And that is really the high demands beyond even just v'hatar ha he says that is demanded of us through this midah of no say ba'ol im chavero. The Shochan Aruch and Simon Tov Kuf Ayin Dalad in Orachayim, working off of perhaps the Gemara in Ta'init Tafyur Aleph, Amir Aleph, tells us that when a person is suffering, it is forbidden and totally frowned upon for a person to just say, well, I'll go home, I'll close my door, I'll enjoy, it doesn't matter to me what's going on in the community. But on the opposite, says the Gemara, a person must commiserate and empathize with the tsar of other people, let alone the tsar of a community. And as the Shulchan Aruch puts it, If you remove yourself, if you're not empathetic, you won't feel the similar joy and the chama that the community feels. But if you truly empathize with the community, then will be rewarded to share in their comfort and in their joy. This incredibly demanding midah um, is learned out from, and the paradigm of it is none less than HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. Uh, there are many examples at this point in Chazal. Uh, one famous one is Rashi commenting on the Pasuk right in the beginning of Pergimel of Shmos, where Hashem reveals himself to Moshe in the sneh, in the burning thorn bush. And Rashi quotes from Chazal, 
It wasn't a coincidence that it was a thorn bush. It didn't just happen to be a thorn bush because it happened to be in the desert, but it was very much deliberate. Why, says Rashi? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to convey, as it were, to Moshe, that just like the Jewish people were in pain in their servitude in Egypt, Imo Anochi Batsara, Kadesh Baruch Hu was telling Moshe, I'm coming at you through the pain, if you will, uh, the scratches, uh, the pokes, the prods, the bleeding, uh, the, you know, of being caught in a thorn bush, just like a person's hand, so to speak, would be in pain if they were caught there. Kadesh Baruch Hu says, I'm coming to you through the thorn bush. Imo Anochi Batsara, I also feel your pain. Um, another quite dramatic example of this idea in Chazal is the story found in the Gemara Gittin, Daphnun Zayin with Beis, as well as in Eicha Raba, uh, Parsha Aleph, uh, Seif uh, Memhei, which tells the story of the three boatloads of children that had been kidnapped from Yerushalayim and that were being sent to Rome uh, for immoral uh, activity, not only to be slaves, but to be slaves in a very uh, immoral kind of way. And uh, children, all three of these children, boatloads of children, uh, you know, felt that they'd rather die tzaddikim than live being forced to do these uh, pritzut activities in Rome. And they jumped to their uh, watery deaths in the sea, but they did so truly l'shem shamayim and to fulfill Kiddush Hashem. And not only are we moved uh, with great pain when we read the story of their deaths and their great spiritual strength and heroism, but both the Gemara and the Medrash say that no less than HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is moved to tears when he saw what these children did and commenting on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mindset at that time, the Medrash Chazal there and the Gemara and the Medrash appropriate a postulate that's really initially said in the simple pshat by the Navi. That's the Ani, the way the postulate is said, but Chazal appropriate that postulate and put the Ani into Hashem's mouth. Hashem himself is crying. Hashem himself is in pain because of the pain, seeing the pain of these Jewish children. So we see that the, the paradigm of Nosei Ba'ol is none less than Akash Baruch Hu himself. And just like we know, Mahu Afata, that we're supposed to eat God for Chanun, Varachum, etc. So too, when it comes to Mahu, Nosei Ba'ol, Mchaveru, so too, Ata, we also must follow Hashem's lead and empathize with others' pain, no say ba'ol im chaveiro. Another interesting group of sources that we find in Chazal highlight the fact that this isn't just an important mita very generally, but that this idea of empathy is critical when it comes to leadership. Um, we find this in perhaps multiple contexts, but the majority of them specifically revolve around the choice of Moshe, as a leader, the development is Moshe as a personality and as a person. It's striking once you look for it, and you know to look for it, how often this idea of empathy comes up in a Moshe story. So, for example, the very first thing we are told about Moshe as an active uh, participant in the biblical drama, not just a baby that's being acted upon, but as an adult who does his own acting, the very first thing we are told in Shmos, Perak Beis, Post Aleph, is that Moshe grew up and that he went out and he saw his brothers, Vayar sum. He saw their suffering. And Rashi there uh, very powerfully and famously says, What does that mean, Vayar sum? Nasan Enav Vo Lios Meitzar Alehem. First of all, Nasan Enav, Moshe noticed. How often do we walk through the streets and we pass people who may be suffering? We don't even notice. So just to notice, Nasan Enav is already a madrega. But Rashi is clearly stressing that it was just that Moshe noticed 
but he took it to heart. And as a result, he was Metzar Aleihem. It truly pained Moshe to see how much the Jewish people were suffering. It cannot be a coincidence that it's the very first thing that we are told about Moshe is that he had this Mida, uh, this attribute of empathy. Furthermore, uh, the Rashi is paraphrasing the Medrash Rabbah. But as often is the case, if we look at the source of Rashi, we can find a more elaboration. Rashi was Bekitsur, but the Medrash is a little bit more elaborate. And the Medrash actually adds something which I think is not only more detailed, but actually adds a different dimension. Uh, the Medrash there in Medrash Rabbah and Shmos Rabbah, Parsha Aleph, Chav Zayin. So the Medrash says that Moshe would actually physically help the people. And he would pretend that he was doing this to help Paro. He would you know, put these heavy burdens on, you know, over his shoulder and he would carry the things and when the, you know, the Shotrim would ask him what he was doing, he would say, oh, it's really for Paro. But of course, the truth is that he was doing it to help his fellow Jews. And what uh, the Medrash actually goes on to say is that because Moshe was able to see and help out in the suffering of his fellow Jews, Hashem miraculously chose to communicate with him uh, through the bush. Now leave aside the fact there was a thorn bush, we already mentioned that, but the very fact that Moshe was chosen to be the leader, that Hashem chose to speak to Moshe, that he became a Navi, that he had a Giluya Kodesh Barhu. so the Medrash says that was a direct Mida connected Mida, that was a schar for his No Seib Olam Chavero, and it's specifically No Seib Tefav Echad and um, the Medrash in Shmos Rabbah, Parsha Beis, uh, says that this is the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses shepherds as leaders, whether it's Moshe Rabbeinu or David HaMelech, because of the empathy even for the little shepsel, even for the little baby sheep. And I think that this uh, elaboration in the Medrash itself um, does not contradict Rashi, but it's also not redundant. I think it actually adds an important uh, dimension. Rashi focuses exclusively on the thoughts and the emotions uh, that a person would feel if they're empathetic. Um, Leos mates are lamb. It truly hurts the person. You notice and you care and you really feel the pain. The Medrash is focusing on actions that are expressed as a result of that emotional state, truly acting on it. And I think that these two things are both true and they're both important, individually so. It's important to feel people's pain, to have that mida, but it's also not sufficient to do that. One must also act on it and do whatever possible to alleviate um, I'm sure in the moment Moshe did help. One might have thought, Moshe might have said to himself, you know, I can't end the servitude. It's not biadi at this point. I can't just you know, get them free, so what good is it to help them a little bit for an hour, one afternoon, or to help one person instead of the millions who are suffering in the slave pits? But the bottom line is, Moshe didn't say that, and he helped them to whatever extent he could. And I think that that is a critical point. And I think it's not enough just to feel the pain, but we need to do whatever we can. The pain that we feel should spur us to action. But it's, I think, possible to suggest that the reverse is also true. It's not enough just to help. The person is also called on to be spiritually and emotionally sensitive enough to truly empathize and feel the person's pain. So this is, again, I, I, trust me when I tell you that this is a, uh, I wouldn't say echad mina elef, but it's close to it. Just a small a drop in the bucket of the many, many sources in Chazal and Medrash and in Musr about the importance in various dimensions of empathy. But let's transition now um, to the more specific question of now that we've gotten some sense of the importance of empathy, how does this enable Kinyan Torah? What in the world is this doing 
um, in a brisa of Kinyan Torah and a list of the Memches Kinyane Torah. I understand uh, why this is an important idea generally if I want to make a mensch, if I want to be a good person, a fine person. So I understand why empathy might be important, but what does this have to do specifically with Kinyan Torah? So the Yaivitz, the Chassid Yaivitz, uh, explains, he gives one answer, and he says that all three of these traits, Nosei Ba'ol, and then the next two, which we'll do, Mir Hashem, next week, Machriol L'Chavzchos, giving people the benefit of the doubt, Ma'amido Ala Emes V'Hashalom, focusing on truth and peace, um, all of these, he says, okay, what exactly that means, we'll have to see next week, but says the Ayavitz, this and the upcoming Midot, Kinyanim, all attest to a person being Shame Shamayim, these are indications that a person is truly sincere, not doing things just for selfish reasons, not just doing things to prevail over other people. Okay, so if you're empathetic, if you give people the benefit of the doubt, if you try to bring peace and harmony, I get it, that's a good indication. I hear that, that that, help, that shows you care about other people, you're not selfish. But what does that have to do with Kinyan Torah? So uh, Rabbi Lau, um, the Yachal Yisrael, explains... Um, this is presumably what the Yavitz has in mind, that this is really working off of the opening statement in Avos, in Perek Vav. The opening b'risa in this whole Perek of Kenyan Torah, uh, b'risa Aleph, uh, there we are taught that learning l'shma, halomid l'shma, itself brings uh, kama milos, many, many benefits to a person, and specifically including Torah. So however we understand it, but we already have kind of a broader uh, thesis, a broader principle axiomatically, that if a person is l'shma, he's sincere, uh, not selfish and just trying to you know, advance his own position, that that is one of the prerequisites to Talmud Torah. And in that backdrop, we can understand this and perhaps some other midot, but specifically uh, empathy for today, because it is an indication that a person is not just self-absorbed or inward-looking, but is also outward-focused and caring about other people, and that is the type of person who's deserving of Torah. That's what the Yaivitz says, as elaborated on by Rabbi Lau. The Maral gives a second explanation, and he says, uh, similarly, not identically, but similarly, that if you are empathetic, you're no say ba'ol, that shows that you're a good person, and to be a good person is a prerequisite, to be tov uh, is a prerequisite to merit the receiving of Torah. After all, the Torah itself, in Avos, in Vav Gimel and other places, is referred to as Tov. So he doesn't elaborate it on it. Again, it could be very similar, if not almost identical to the Ivitz. But the Maral, in this point, does not elaborate on the deeper point. It's left to us to elaborate on. But as he says it in a very technical way, uh, it shows that you're a good person, and Torah is good, and you need to have a, an ability to fit. It has to be a certain harmony. And if the Torah doesn't fit, is not harmonious with who the, you are, you just naturally won't be able to receive Torah. A third approach, uh, also offered by the Maral, uh, is one which uh, is also in keeping with things we've seen from the Maral in general and a specific point we've seen already, and that is that no say ba'ol, by caring about other people, by being empathetic, that shows that you are not living on an island, selfish, self-absorbed, inward-looking, you're not separated from the klal, but rather you are connected you are part of the people. And as a result, being connected to the tzibor, not because that shows you're a good person, that we saw in the previous explanations, but here the moral is focusing on simply, you are mechubar l'klal. You are connected to the klal. Haraya, we see that you are empathetic, that you care about other people. 
Why is that important? Says the Maharal, V'ra'ui el ha-Torah, shehi el ha-Klal. Because the Torah was given not to any one individual. No individual, no matter how great, no matter how righteous, no individual was given the Torah by him or herself. The Torah was given to Klal Yisrael, to Am Yisrael. And therefore only a person who is truly connected in Chubar Klal is therefore going to be a appropriate and deserving recipient of the Torah. But you have to show that you're not nivdal min haklal, says the Maharal. And one of the ways we do that is by no seib olim chaveru, by empathizing. Because only if you're in the klal are you deserving of the Torah. Once you're in the klal and deserving of the Torah, then you can excel on an individual level and gain, hopefully, your own personal kinyan. But it starts with being shayach and part of the klal. And one of the ways that you demonstrate that you're deserving of this gift that was given to the klal is to be muchubar el klal by being empathetic, no say. But all. Two more points that I'd like to uh, stress um, are the fact that until now we have seen not only the importance of empathy generally, but why empathy makes you worthy and deserving of Torah. All of that being said, it is also true, and some of Farshim point out, that perhaps what's being referred to here, or what is also being referred to here at least, is demonstrating this midah, this character trait of being osei ba'ol, specifically in your actual learning, not just a general attribute, but specifically while and in your learning. So, for example, the Medrash Shmuel says that no say ba'ol, ol, the word ol, can also refer to Torah. Torah is a yoke. And therefore, he says, when, what Chazal is telling us here is that when you're trying to acquire Torah, no say ba'ol, you're trying to acquire ol, which is Torah, it should be im chavero. It should not be on your own, but rather b'chavrusa, with a chabura of people. Now, why might this be so? What is the case? So it could just be, as Chazal say in many places, and we've seen it previously, that just being part of a group, talking and learning, um, you sharpen each other. Torah is compared to iron, just like iron, you sharpen it against itself. Uh, other iron, so too, talking and learning, being part of Chabura, that will sharpen you. Uh, furthermore, uh, Rav Chaim Velazhner here in the Ruach Chaim specifically says, when you're learning and arguing with someone, not only is that very active, that argument sharpening you, but he says, no se ba'olim chavero, put yourself b'chavero, put yourself in their shoes. Not like we had saw originally and more generally, you know, feel their pain, think about what it's like to be lying in a hospital bed. Uh, but specifically in learning, when you hear someone else giving you an argument in the sugya, in the psukim, in the gemara that you don't agree with, so before just arguing, put yourself in their shoes. No se ba'olim chavero, try to understand the sugya, try to see it from their perspective. And then that itself will help you get further in your learning. And he points out that the Gemara itself sometimes says that. Tirgama Rava, Aliba de Abaye. Rava didn't necessarily agree with Abaye, but he explained things Aliba de Abaye. He was able to see the Sugi and project it how Abaye would see it. So use that Mida of empathy, but specifically in your learning, to see how others uh, are seeing the Sugi in a way that would be different uh, than you. Another way we might apply no Sibol in uh, the Talmud Torah context specifically, um, is to be empathetic to people who are struggling, people who are weaker, who are having a harder time in their learning. The Gemara in Erevin and Daphne Dalid tells us that Rav Preda would be maktin atzmo, he would lower himself, he would humble himself to teach a student who was kasha havana, who had a very difficult time learning, someone who was a weak student. And the Gemara says astoundingly that he would explain the Gemara even 400 times to this very challenged student. Once even 800 times, says the Gemara. And even if you think that the Gemara might mean this 
uh, hyperbolically and is exaggerating, clearly the Gemara is dramatically um, demonstrating and expressing the idea of how dedicated Rav Preda was even to helping students who were much less than him. Uh, the altar, the Saba, the altar of Kelm, in his collected writings in volume one, uh, makes this point as well in a very interesting, creative, and innovative way. He says that in general, in general now, if a person's awareness is only emotional, then you only know something when you're feeling that emotion. For example, um, if you just think in some emotional way, it would, you know, it's hard to be poor, so then when a poor person is in front of you, you'll feel that. But if you go further than that, and you don't just have an emotional feeling, but you intellectualize the feeling, uh, he puts it, you learn about the person, you understand the person in a very intellectual, cognitive way, then you'll remember his challenges and the difficult situation he's in, even without the trigger of the person being in front of you. So that being said, as a kind of classical psychological Musr insight, so says the Saba, the Altar Mikelm, similarly when it comes to Torah learning, in order to truly understand a sugya and a halacha, you have to be able to envision it in all its specifics. So if you don't have the ability to be no save all, to empathize, i.e. put yourself in someone else's shoes, imagine what it would be like to be the person discussed in the sugya. It could be that it's discussing an ani or somebody's suffering, or it could just be a sugya in Baba Kama or Baba Basra. But if you, do, if you read the halacha about two people arguing about this monetary issue or that monetary issue, and you then put yourself in their position, you truly envision what it would be like to be uh, one of the Ba'alei Dover, to be the towing, to be the Nitan, to be this, to be that. So then that will actually help you not only understand the sugya better, but you will retain the sugya much longer than you would have otherwise. Very fast. Another idea is mentioned by the Medr Shmuel and the Lechem Shemayim, Rav Yaakov Emden. They both point out this is connected to our previous Midah, which we explained, Eino Samech Bahura'ah, you shouldn't be happy when you paskin, and therefore, since you shouldn't be happy with it, how do you alleviate the pressure that you truly feel? So, no say ba'ol, share the burden, the burden of psak, im chavero. When a shayla comes your way, don't paskin by yourself, but try to partner with someone else, help them share the burden with you. Last but not least, the Medr Shmuel uh, gives a more innovative, creative interpretation, but it's also a nice idea. He says it's not just about understanding people's pain and therefore being motivated to empathize with them and even hopefully help them. But he says, Sovel midosav shachavero af kishahem ol kaved alav. It's nevertheless, sovel otam. Specifically, he says, if you have a friend, a neighbor, harusa, whatever, a relative, who has very bad midos, no say ba'ol, carry that burden, suffer through it, even though admittedly it's an ol. But try to look past it, try to figure out a way to, to suffer through that for the sake of the relationship, um, deal with it. Don't just dismiss the person because even though it may be deservedly and admittedly these are truly bad midot, but no say ba'ol, uh, carry the burden im chavero despite the, the difficult challenges that uh, your friend uh, possesses. So these are two midos that we've seen, one a little bit shorter, eno sumech and then this bigger topic, which uh, we spent a little extra time on more than usual. It's a little bit of a longer shear than usual, my apologies. But truly still only a fraction of the, the larger literature that's on the topic. Um, we've seen many, many different dimensions and interpretations of the importance of empathy generally, specifically in our learning, um, and specifically when it comes even to issues of psak.